You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Thank you, Angela. Good morning. What a privilege to be able to worship with you today to declare the greatness of God. And I hope that you come every Sunday as I come in expectation. I just believe that God is not only good, but he wants to bring good to our lives. Amen. And so what we come expecting that. But before we jump into the word this morning, just a quick point of celebration with you. Uh, we are now less than a month, four weeks and counting down being uh, in our new facility. Uh, so it's really getting close. April the 5th, uh, on that Sunday, we'll dedicate, on Palm Sunday, we'll dedicate uh, the new worship facility. And so it'll be uh, great to uh, really move into what God has for us. Well, if you have your Bibles, look with me to Philippians chapter 2, toward the end of the New Testament, we were there last week, so going back there again this morning. Last Sunday, in case you were not here, or if you were here, just as a point of being reminded, last Sunday I posed this question, what does God applaud? What is it in our lives that draws the applause of heaven? And we don't want to go through our lives just marking days on our calendar, just kind of like existing. We want to be those who live our lives to bring honor to God. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So what, what does that look like? What does that practically look like lived out on a, on a daily basis? Last week we talked about how God's honored and pleased when we get along with one another, when we live at at peace with one another. For, for that to be possible, what we discovered last week is that we have to consider the interests of others better than our own. So we're not just living for ourselves. We're looking out for the interests, interests of others. We must consistently follow the model of Christ and humbly serve others. That's what we talked about last week. Well, hopefully you were able to put that to practice uh, this past week, I know for me, it's a continual work. Sometimes I get it right, and sometimes I, I don't get it right. But remember what, we're all a work in process. I want to throw this picture up for you this morning. That's my dog, Bat Hound. My truck. I mean, you know, sometimes when you win, you don't actually win. I'm working at getting all that. That really didn't happen. We, I just wanted to throw that up. I thought it was kind of funny. But today we want to talk about a second attribute that I believe draws the applause of God. And here's the attribute we're going to focus on. It's faithfulness. Being faithful in following God and faithful in what he's called us to be and to do. I think we can often get caught up in the results and forget that God has called us simply to be to be faithful. Certainly we celebrate results. Nothing wrong with results. We celebrate results and we're grateful for the results. But really, we need to focus on faithfulness and trust God with the results. What's God looking for? What, what, what is it that God applauds? I believe it's, it's this characteristic of faithfulness in our lives. Whenever I think of faithfulness, I immediately think of Dr. and Miss Clinton, the founding pastors of Grace Covenant. As I, as I drive up the church driveway or as I walk around the facilities, I'm reminded that those, there are those who've gone before us who are faithful. Therefore, what we're blessed with all that we enjoy today. 
I know, I know many of you know Cl- the Clanton story, but I want to take just a moment to celebrate their faithfulness. SK and Emily Clanton were in their 20s. Imagine it. They were in their 20s when they came to this little community of Cornelius. The year was 1937. So that was before um, the interstate. That was before Lake Norman. That's when Cornelius was actually a little mill town. And if you were to come from Charlotte to Cornelius, it's like you were going to the boondocks. Like it was way out in the middle of, of nowhere. Again, hard for us to imagine. But that's what it was like when the Clantons came to do this two-week tent revival. And after the two-week tent revival, they believed that God was calling them to start a church. So they started an independent Pentecostal church called Cornelius Tabernacle. Sometime later, they brought that independent church into the Foursquare family, and there was a name change to what we know today as Grace Covenant. But get this, for 40 years, 40 years, they faithfully pastored the church. They navigated season after season of challenge. And this is what I love about the Clintons. They never gave up. There's one picture that we have in our, uh, in our historical files of Miss Clinton. Miss Clinton stood about about this tall. She was a really short lady. But one of the problems we had in our old building on Main Street is if you got a lot of rain, there was this underground spring and the basement would flood. And so we have a picture of Miss Clanton with water up to her shoulder as she's in the basement trying to deal with the water. Faithful. Man, they were just faithful in their service. And you know, what's interesting is under their leadership, the church probably never grew to more than say a hundred people, but to think about how many lives were impacted down through the years as they faithfully served Grace Covenant. And because of their faithfulness, I'm convinced that their faithfulness is the foundation of all that we enjoy today as a congregation. Listen, what we must never, what we must never forget is that there's those who have gone before us who have been faithful. Listen, we are reaping from vineyards that we didn't plant. Are you with me? And what individuals who have gone before, what they were faithful in, we're enjoying the benefit of that. You know, in today's culture, I happen to believe that success is overrated and faithfulness is underrated. Like everyone's chasing after success. We want to we make a big deal out of success. And, and, and we're passionately pursuing success, titles, and position. When I believe actually God is simply calling us to be faithful. To be faithful where he's assigned us. To be faithful to what he's given us to do. You know, if there's faithfulness, then failure should not bring blame, nor should it bring a sense of guilt. Where where there's faithfulness to discharge one's duties, regardless of the results, I believe that it's success in God's eyes. This points us to the true issue in our responsibility, which is limited. We're, we're to be faithful to the gifts, the abilities, the assignments, the opportunities that God gives us, and to leave the results to Him. Let's let God take care of the results. What should our focus be? Our focus should be what to be faithful. Where He's placed us, what He's called us to. Several years ago, this is a story, several years ago, Senator Hatfield was captivated by the work of Mother Teresa, work that was happening in Calcutta, India. So he scheduled a visit to see firsthand the ministry that she was providing. As he arrived, he, he watched Mother Teresa and her team care for literally hundreds of people who, who were ill, who were sick, who, who were, were, were dying. And it was Mother Teresa and, and her co-workers that were caring for their need. And as Senator Hatfield watched all of this play out, he was overwhelmed. 
He was overwhelmed by the need. He was overwhelmed by the crisis playing out. And he asked Mother Teresa this question, how can you bear the load without being crushed by it? And I love what Mother Teresa said to Senator Hatfield. She said, dear Senator, God's called me not to be successful, but he's called me to be faithful. Wow. What a statement. And I believe that would be true for each of us. Listen, God's not called us to be successful, but he has called us to be faithful. With the opportunities, with the resource, with the abilities, with whatever it is that he's blessed you with. What's their call? Their call is to be faithful with that. Now, certainly there's nothing wrong with success. And if you've experienced some success, then I would encourage you to celebrate it. Enjoy it. But don't make the focus... The success. God's called us to be faithful. Faithful where you are. Faithful to what you've been given. And as you're faithful, you may discover some levels of success. But what I believe is that God applauds faithfulness. When he sees faithfulness playing out, lived out in your life, it's that that draws the applause of heaven. See, what we have to understand is that there's no, there's no place of ministry or, or assignment that's insignificant in God's eyes. And I think sometimes we look at what we've been assigned to in this season and we say, well, you know, what difference does it make? Again, what are we going to, we're going to leave the results to God. Our call is to be, to be faithful. I think of Miss Martha Brackenridge and Miss Jenny Smith. They're two ladies that I would call unsung heroes. Now, you wouldn't know them because they're not famous and like no one's writing a book about them. They didn't have titles. They didn't have positions. But every Sunday in a little country church in the Ozark Mountains, they showed up and they taught a a Sunday school class of snotty-nosed boys and girls. And I happened to be one of those boys. And it was Martha Brackenridge and Jenny Smith, who taught me about God's love and God's grace. It was those two ladies who helped me memorize scripture. It was those two ladies who who began to build a theological foundation in my life that I'm living that I'm living out today. And many would look at what they were doing. I mean, it wasn't a large class, maybe seven, eight boys and girls. Say, well, that's not much. I mean, it's pretty insignificant. Yet, because of their investment, because of their influence, I, I am who I am. They were a big part of shaping my, of shaping my life. And it happened out, it happened out of, out of their faithfulness. Now, both Miss Brackenridge and Miss Jenny Smith, um, they're in glory today. They're with Jesus. But get this, 50 years later, their life is still having impact because of their faithfulness, because of their investment, because they showed up Sunday after Sunday with a, with a little Sunday school lesson, and they were pouring into the lives of children. Listen, there's no place of ministry or assignment that's insignificant in God's eyes. And this morning, we, we want to look into the life of a man called Epaphroditus. And I'm guessing that probably most of you have never heard a sermon preached on Epaphroditus. Some of you didn't even, before you came here today, you didn't even know there was a man in Scripture by the name of Epaphroditus. But I'm going to introduce you to him this morning. Because I think there's an amazing story behind a man who was simply faithful. Faithful in his assignment. 
His story is recorded in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. The Apostle Paul, writing this letter to the believers at Philippi, wrote these words about Epaphroditus. Beginning with verse 25. Paul wrote, but I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you. And is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor Notice, honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help that you could not give me. So Paul's writing this letter, the letter to the believers at Philippi, from a jail cell in Rome. So when the believers in Philippi heard that Paul had been imprisoned at Rome, they thought we should do something to help him. Like he's their spiritual father. And so they gathered some money. They gathered an offering, a gift. And then they needed someone to deliver the gift. And it was Epaphroditus. And not only to deliver the gift, but because they couldn't be there themselves, they sent a delegate. They sent a representative, if you will, from the church at Philippi so that Paul would have a personal servant. So that Paul would have an attendant. And so that's the role that Epaphroditus was playing. He was a servant to Paul as Paul was in prison. Now think about that. Just him aligning himself with Paul who is, who is on trial, who is being charged with a capital charge. He was putting his very life at risk as he's, as he's serving Paul, and the scripture tells us that as Epaphroditus is there, he falls ill, even to the point of death. And then Paul's, you know, he's giving God praise. Praise God, he didn't die. Uh, he's still alive, and I'm sending him back to you. Most likely, Epaphroditus would have been the bearer of this letter. He would have been the carrier of this letter back to the believers at Philippi. But I believe there was a point of concern that Paul had, and this was a point of concern, as Epaphroditus returned to Philippi, Paul still being in prison, that there would be those who thought he was a quitter. Like we sent you to an assignment, what are you doing back here? And so Paul writes this testimonial about Epaphroditus. And what he, what he applauds, what he celebrates in his life is this, he's faithful. Matter of fact, let me read verse 25 from the New Living Translation. It, the scripture reads like this. He is a true brother. Get that. A true brother. It's what Paul is saying about Epaphroditus. He's a true brother. He's a faithful worker and a courageous soldier. What a statement. What Paul identifies and celebrates in Epaphroditus' life is that, was, is that he was faithful. And so as we look to Epaphroditus and his example, this is what we discover. Epaphroditus, first, he was effective Because he was simply faithful in his service. He was given an assignment to serve Paul and assist him. And while he was in prison, he fulfilled that assignment. Like it was not, it was not some prestigious position. 
I mean, if you're going to run for a position or if you want to be slotted into a position or elected to a position, being an attendant in a dirty jail cell would probably not be the place that you would want to serve. And like, there's not a lot of perks, there's not a lot of titles, there's not a lot of privilege that came with this position. And we don't know, we don't know all that was involved. Maybe Epaphroditus made sure that Paul had his meals. Maybe he made sure that he had his writing utensils, whatever, whatever those would have been. Maybe he was making sure that in the prison he was as comfortable as he could be. We don't know exactly all that the role was, but what we do know is it wouldn't have been glamorous. It's not like a job that people were standing in line to do, to serve Paul in prison. But Epaphroditus was effective and mentioned, get this, 2,000 years later, we're still reading his story. Why? Because he was faithful. So his faithfulness set him up for effectiveness. Secondly, Epaphroditus was, get this, he was applauded because he was faithful. Here the Apostle Paul is singing his praises because day in and day out, Epaphroditus had been loyal, steadfast, and constant in his service to Paul, even to the point of risking his own life. So Paul here is applauding what no one else saw, no one else experienced, and what otherwise might have been unknown. But for Paul, Epaphroditus made a huge contribution to him and had been a source of blessing. Again, the key characteristic that made all of this possible was faithfulness. And what's interesting is nowhere else, nowhere else in Scripture is Epaphroditus mentioned. Like there's no other great stories about Epaphroditus. It's just this. Yet he is applauded for his faithfulness in his service. And because he was faithful in his service and he was willing to give his best in a not so glamorous row, here's the exciting thing. He was used by God. He found his way into the Bible. And today, a couple thousand years later, again, we're reading his story. We're reading this statement about his life. Hey, what I think we need to understand from Epaphroditus' story is that it was his faithfulness that positioned him to be used by God. It was his faithfulness and his service to Paul that allowed him to be used in a dynamic way. I mean, think about this. What, what we have in the book of Philippians is, is what's called a prison epistle, a prison letter. While Paul was in prison in Rome, he wrote four letters. We have uh, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. They were all written while Paul was being served by Epaphroditus. I mean, think about that. The wealth that we have today, the comfort that we receive, the encouragement we receive, the direction we receive from those four letters, penned while Paul was being served by Epaphroditus. His faithfulness opened the way for God to use him. And what's interesting is that's a consistent pattern throughout Scripture is God uses those who are faithful. I mean, let, let me just give you a few biblical examples. I, I think of, of Joshua. You know, before Joshua became the great leader that led the children of Israel into the promised land, he faithfully served Moses for about 40 years. And out of his faithful service, he became the great leader. And God dynamically used him. I think of of David, King David. Before he became King David, he was faithful in his service to King Saul. Get this, even when King Saul wanted to kill him, David was faithful 
And out of his faithfulness, he was dynamically used of God, second king of Israel. The book of Psalms, much of, much of the Psalms that we have, many of the Psalms we have today were written by, by David. I think of Elisha. Elisha was dynamically used by God. Why? He was faithful in his servant to service to Elijah. This is how Elisha is described in Scripture. The Scripture says that Elisha was the man who poured water on Elijah's hands. Which is faithful. And when Elijah was caught up to heaven in the chariot of fire, Elisha asked for a double portion. You can check that out in Scripture. A double, he says, I, I, want, I want a double anointing of what you have. And what's interesting, if you read this, if you check it out in Scripture, there are seven miracles attributed or credited to Elijah. There's exactly 14 that were credited to Elisha. Exactly double. But what set Elisha up to be dynamically used by God? His faithfulness. If you come to the New Testament, there's Timothy. There's the example of Timothy who faithfully served Paul. Actually, Timothy is called the son in the faith of, of the Apostle Paul. Then Timothy became one of the key leaders in the early church. Amazing. It happened because he was, he was faithful in his service. So what we discover is that God's looking for and will use and work through those who are faithful. And God's looking for faithfulness. Now certainly he, he works through our abilities, but what God really desires is our availability. And many of you know, God, God can certainly do whatever he wants to do without us. Are you with me? He doesn't, he doesn't have to have you. Like he spoke the world into existence without you, right? Before, before you were here, I mean, before any, any of us were here, what he spoke. Listen, God doesn't need us to do anything, but here's what's amazing. God chooses to use us. And he's looking for individuals who are available, who will be faithful. God's looking. God's looking for faithfulness. And when he finds an individual that's faithful, he says, wow, there's someone that I can use in a dynamic way. If God finds someone who's faithful where they are and faithful in what they're doing, then he knows that that he can trust them with greater assignments. Why? Because they've been faithful. In Luke 16.10, I want you to read with me this verse of Scripture. Luke 16.10, Jesus said these words. It's on the screen. Let's read this together. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with very much. And whoever's dishonest with very little will be dishonest with very much. So if you can be trusted, if you can be faithful where you are with what God's given you, what does he see? He sees someone that he can use in a greater way. Why? Because you've proven faithful. So so what's God looking for? I, I really believe that God's looking for individuals who are faithful. Why? Because it's faithfulness that positions us for effectiveness. In Matthew 25, along with the story of Epaphroditus, in Matthew 25, there's a parable. It's a parable of three servants. We know it as the parable of the talents. And in this story that Jesus tells, there's a man, there's a master who's going away on a journey. And as he's going away on a journey, he calls three of his servants and he entrusts to them a sum of money. It's called a talent. A talent in, in this day and time would have been like a little over a thousand dollars. So he calls three of his servants and he entrusts resource 
to them. He gives them resource and opportunity. The one servant, he gives five talents. Second servant, he gives two talents. The third servant, he gives one talent. The scripture says that he goes away for a time and a season, and then he comes back and he calls his servants to accountability. He calls them to account for what's been entrusted to them. The one servant says, hey, you gave me five, I've doubled it. Here's five more. To the servant who gave two, he says, hey, I've doubled it. Here's two more. To the servant who had the one, um, it wasn't a good day and it wasn't good news. Why? Because he wasn't faithful. See, the parable of the talents is not about money. It's really about faithfulness. Are you going to be faithful with what God's entrusted to you. And I'm not just talking about money. Part of it's resources, part of it's opportunity, part of it's abilities. But it's really, it's a, it's a parable about being faithful where you are. In Matthew 25, verse 16, when you to listen how the scripture reads, the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So what we find in this parable is the first two servants were effective. Get this, because they were faithful. Third servant was not effective. Why? Because he was not faithful. He was not faithful with, with what had been entrusted to him. Listen, if you want to find greater effectiveness, then focus on intentional faithfulness. And out of your faithfulness, God will make a way for effectiveness. Out of your faithfulness, he'll open a way for greater opportunities and greater effectiveness in your life. Now, you may not see it immediately. Matter of fact, you may not even see it in this lifetime. I think of my Sunday school teachers, Miss Brackenridge, and Miss Jenny Smith, they didn't see it. They went on to be with Jesus in glory. They didn't see the, the value of their investment in my life. But again, 50 years later, here I am as a result of their faithfulness. This is what I know. Faithfulness opens the way for effectiveness. I saw this just this past week. On Wednesday, I was out running some errands, and I thought, I'm going to stop by the Neighborhood Care Center. Now, the Neighborhood Care Center was something that we built, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, as we felt the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to move into the neighborhood. You need to take Jesus to the neighborhood. And so we built this house, we being Grace Covenant, we built this house to do ministry out of. Uh, and so anyway, I just randomly thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop by. I needed to drop a couple of things off and just see what's happening at the Neighborhood Care Center. And as I stopped, man, I was so blessed. As I walked in, this is what I saw. I want to show you a picture of what I saw. So there at the Neighborhood Care Center on Wednesday morning, we have a group of senior citizens from the community who are experiencing the love and grace of Jesus as they're being taught how to use a computer. Wow. As I walked in, I thought, this is amazing. In a simple way, lives are being impacted. Individuals are experiencing Jesus because someone was faithful. And we have kids who are learning, students who are learning. There's all kinds of programs that are happening to impact the lives of children and students. But when I saw this for our senior adults there in that little neighborhood, I thought, this is amazing. Let me tell you how this can happen. It happens Because people were faithful. Some of you, 
Some of, when we were raising money to make this happen, some of you gave dollars. It was your faithful giving that's making this possible. For some of you, when we were building this building, you were there doing plumbing, digging trenches, putting on siding. Out of your faithful later labor, this is happening. And some of you today presently are serving at the Neighborhood Care Center and people's lives are being effective. Effective ministry is happening out of what? Faithfulness. It's faithfulness that opens the way to effectiveness. I think of the story in the life of Dr. Billy Graham. If you were to read his autobiography, which is a great read, what you'll discover as you read the book is the thing that stands out in the book and in Dr. Graham's life was faithfulness. You see it again and again as you, as you read his story. Obviously, his life had global impact. Obviously, there's thousands, maybe millions, who've come to know Christ as their Savior through the ministry of Dr. Billy Graham. But it all flowed out. If you were to ask him, and you can't because he's with Jesus right now, but if you were to ask him, it would say it was all about just being faithful. Dr. Graham was faithful to his wife, Miss Graham. Let's start there. Listen, faithfulness starts in the home. Let me say it again to all of the men and women in the room today. Faithfulness starts in the home. Dr. Graham was faithful to his wife. He was faithful to his calling. He was faithful year after year to preach the simple gospel message. And out of his faithfulness, there was effectiveness. Now, your life may never have the global impact that Dr. Graham's had. But this is what I know. As you're faithful where you are with what God's entrusted to you, there you will find effectiveness. There God will be glorified and people's lives will be eternally changed. Not only does faithfulness make way for effectiveness, but here's some exciting news. God rewards faithfulness. You want to know what God blesses? You want to know what he rewards? It's when we're faithful. Faithful where he's planted. It's faithful with what he's entrusted to us. If you go back to the parable of the talents, I want you to notice what the master says to the servants, the two servants who were faithful. And in Matthew 25, verse 21 and 23, we have the the same praise for both servants. Listen to what the master said to the servants. Well done, you good and faithful servant. It's interesting that he didn't say, well done for making me more money. He didn't say, well, well done for doubling what I gave to you. No, but notice what he applauded. Notice what's rewarded. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. So for the two servants who were faithful, there was reward. But for the third servant that was, that was not faithful, there was not reward. There was actually rebuke. After the third servant who had been given the one talent gave his excuse as to why he did nothing with what had been entrusted to him. I want you to listen to what the master said to that servant. You wicked, lazy servant. You you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received that back with interest. So for the third servant, listen, it was not a happy day. Why? Because he had not been faithful. And what we learn from the life of Epaphroditus, what we learn from the parable of the, of the talents is that God's looking for faithfulness. Faithfulness then positions us for effectiveness. And God rewards faithfulness. 
So faithfulness is a big deal. It's a big deal in God's eyes. Hear me, friends. It's faithfulness that God applauds. So, so how can we grow in the area of faithfulness? Let me leave you with, three, with these three points of action this morning. The first is this. Make faithfulness a priority in your life. Listen, don't focus on the results. So I'm all for results. But don't make that the focus. Make faithfulness the focus. Make faithfulness the priority. Our need in prayer should be this. Lord, help us to be faithful to the gifts, abilities, and opportunities that you've given us according to the strength that you give us. Then give us the grace and the faith to leave the results to you. But make faithfulness the priority, the focus of your life. Here's a second action step that I would encourage you to, is applaud faithfulness in the lives of others. Do what Paul did for Epaphroditus. Because really what, he's, what he wrote here in, in Philippians chapter 2 is really an applause. He's celebrating Epaphroditus back to his peers in the city of Philippi. He says, you, you were not here, so you couldn't see it. But I want you to know that Epaphroditus was a courageous worker. He was faithful in his service. But he was applauding faithfulness in the lives of others. You know, what I believe we do is, is we're quick to jump on the bandwagon to celebrate someone's success. And again, I'm not against that. Celebrate success. Enjoy it. But may we make a bigger deal out of faithfulness than success. Because I said as I began, I believe that success is overrated and faithfulness is underrated. So look for it in the lives of others and, and celebrate it. One of the things I do throughout the week and on Sunday is I try to find people who are just serving, who are just faithful and whatever God's called them to do. For some, it's parking cars. For some, it's making coffee. Praise God for those who make coffee every Sunday. Come on, can I get an amen on that? They're here early. I'm just faithful. I stopped by the kitchen this morning and communicated my gratitude to them. Why? Because they're making coffee for us. I, I, I try to catch people. I'm, I'm on the lookout. And then I, I, I jot their names down. And sometime during the week, I, tr- I, make it a, I try to make it a habit to write four, five, six notes a week. But just applauding faithfulness. Why? Because I think it's a really big deal. I think it's that which God applauds. So look for faithfulness in the lives of others and, and applaud that. He, finally, here's the third point of action. Please know that no assignment is insignificant in God's eyes. For some of you, you've been struggling because you've been thinking, well, if if my life, it really doesn't matter. What I'm doing, it doesn't seem like much. Maybe your assignment in this season is a mom who's at home investing in the lives of children. And you've been battling with, boy, it doesn't seem like my life is really significant. Let me tell you, that's a huge investment. Just be faithful. Or maybe there's an assignment that, that God's directed you to in this season and, and you're looking at that and say, well, it really, it, it's not much compared to. And we fall prey to that game of comparison. Listen, every role is significant. Whatever God's called you to do in this season is significant. And maybe you're wondering, well, pastor, how can I know what God's called me to do? Listen, just do what he's put before you. Really simple. Set your heart to seek Jesus. 
And as you're seeking Jesus and he opens a door, step into the door. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. By the way, you, you want to know where I memorized that verse when I was five years old in a Sunday school under the direction of a Martha Brackenridge and Jenny Smith? Tell me. Don't tell me that roles are insignificant. Who knows what God might do through your faithfulness, where He's placed you in your season. So don't get caught up in the results. Just be faithful. And as you're faithful, hear me, God will take care of the results. And one of these days, you're going to stand before God in heaven. From what I understand in Scripture, all of us will. And like the parable of the talents, you're going to have to give an account of your life. What did you do with what I've given you? Opportunity. Abilities. You know where your abilities came from? They came from God. If you didn't know that, let me tell you. Resource. You're going to stand before God and He's going to say, What what did you do with what I've given you? We're going to have to give an account. And on that day, this is what we want to hear God say Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to give you a greater assignment. Come and enjoy your Master's happiness. Amen? Just to be faithful you pray with me Lord I thank you today that you Lord Jesus were faithful for us as you went to the cross the cross was not a a clamorous place it was actually a painful place but Lord Jesus you were faithful for us to the cross how it's impacted how it's changed our lives Oh, my prayer today for everyone in the room, because Lord, I think this is one of those messages that we can, but we we can all say, "Wow, I, I, I need a little work in that area." Lord, I pray for everyone in the room that we would understand the value of simply being faithful. May we not get so caught up in the results. May we not get so caught up in chasing success that we forget that you called us to be faithful. And Lord, as we are faithful, what I believe is that you open the door for greater opportunity. You open the door for greater effectiveness. And Lord, I happen to believe that as we're faithful, it's like you're sitting on the edge of your throne in heaven applauding faithfulness in our lives. So Holy Spirit, may we be reminded often of the story of Epaphroditus. And may we be found faithful. Hello, I pray specifically for those this morning who have been struggling with, wow, I don't know if my life really matters. It seems what I'm doing is so insignificant. God, may they know today, Lord, how you value who they are and what they're doing, and that nothing, that there's no assignment that you give us that is insignificant in your eyes. But may you be honored as we are faithful. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.